Hello, this is Leela Viss, and welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm the host of Key Ideas. This podcast empowers piano teachers to unlock the transformative power of music in their students and shift from a mindset of survival to one of revival. Back in episode number 28 with Wendy Stevens, she and I pondered the question, what would our younger selves think of us now? That question comes to mind as I prepare this introduction for today's episode that features my conversation with Dennis Alexander. Really? This gentleman's piano books have shown up on my piano rack for decades. Although it sounds cliche, Dennis Alexander is a living legend, and I couldn't be more thrilled and honored that he made time to speak with me for key ideas and for you. I divided our talk into three episodes since we cover so much ground, and I want to stick with my promise that episodes stay under an hour. In part one, Dennis shares his story of how he never intended to be a composer, why adults are his favorite students to teach, and what method book he uses with them, and what app he requires all of his adult students to purchase when they begin lessons with him. Dennis also opens up to share his story of heartache that kept him from composing for six months and the inspiration for his latest composition project. Before we get started, here's more about Dennis Alexander and his astounding career. Dennis Alexander began his affiliation with Alfred Music Publishing as a composer and clinician in 1986. Mr. Alexander's over 450 publications and recordings have earned him an international reputation as one of the world's most prolific and popular composers of educational piano music for students at all levels. In August of 2015, he was awarded a Lifetime Achievement Award by the National Conference on Keyboard Pedagogy in recognition of his extraordinary service to the music teaching profession. Mr. Alexander's personal website, www.dennisalexander.com has become a favorite with piano teachers and features all his publications, videos, teaching tips, and much more. Now, here's Leela with Dennis Alexander. So, welcome, Dennis. This is just a magnificent opportunity for me to be speaking to you because we were just talking about your office behind you and how organized all your books are and they're all in bins and i just need to tell you that you have the esteemed honor of having a bin all to your own it's it's labeled dennis alexander and all your music is in one bin so not very many composers have that honor in my studio so thank you so much for joining me today well thank you for inviting me it's just such a pleasure and uh, I'm honored that you would ask me. So thanks so much. Well, we've known each other for a number of years, especially going to conferences and having chats here and there. And then you came to Denver for a special yeah. event. So it's been, this is uh, long overdue, I think, for me to just have a chat and learn more about Dennis and let everyone else know more about you. And you're one of the most prolific composers that I can think of especially when it comes to pedagogy pieces, pedagogically sound pieces. And you've got, had a long pathway. Uh, uh, your career has lasted 
I don't know, forever, I would think. I don't, and you're still 29. That's what's amazing to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> okay, well, you still look 29. Let's put it that way. So um, through this career, where have you landed now? Tell us about what you're doing right now, Dennis. Right now? Right now. Uh, right now, I am living in the land of enchantment, uh, mm -hmm. Albuquerque, New Mexico. And uh, I just, I love it here. I've been here uh, just over almost 16 years now. And I, I just love New Mexico and uh, all of its beautiful scenery and, and uh, weather out of the mountains. But I am, um, right now I'm in what I would call kind of a transitional phase in my work uh, as, a, as a composer. I'm, I'm not doing as much writing as I used to, um, although I did just come out with three new books. Uh, they're published by Hal Leonard, uh, who I, I'm now working with, and I'm uh, very happy about that. Uh, these are uh, books that are called the Overture series, and uh, the first book is called Many Overtures. And there, you know, I, I've done very few books over the years for the beginning level pianist. Mm -hmm. uh, most of my music is geared toward um, you know, mid elementary, late elementary on up, you know, through early advanced. And I, I don't have that many books that really are geared for students who are in their first year. So I put together in this uh, mini overture book, um, well-known folk tunes and nursery rhyme pieces that first year students can play. And um, they all have teacher accompaniments, which are real fun. And I tried to write those to make them as interesting as possible. So I hope that teachers will enjoy that collection with their um, young students. And then the second book is called Magical Overtures. And it is more late elementary through early intermediate level solo pieces. The third book is called Magnificent Overtures. And those are a little more advanced and uh, lots of good pieces for festivals or recitals or competitions. Mm -hmm. The reason I call them you know, the Overture Series is because we recently sold our home here uh, that we've had for 15 years and decided to downsize and simplify. And the complex where we're living right now is called Overture, uh. which I thought was a great Great perfect. name for a building. Uh, perfect for a musician, don't you think? Yes. Yeah. Wow. And so when I was looking for a title for this particular series, it just seemed kind of natural to go with Overture, which is really a, a name. Uh, when we think of Overture, we think of something that prepares us for things yet to come. Right. Maybe for bigger and better things uh, to come. So all of these pieces are designed to prepare young students for bigger and better things yet to come. Wow. Okay. So you're composing, but that doesn't sound like you're trimming down your composing. Oh my goodness. When you say books, that's amazing because that means that's multiple pieces that you're composing at all these different levels. So to me, yeah. that seems quite a bit. So, okay, you're composing, but apparently not as much as you used to. And what else are you doing with your time? Well, I'm teaching uh, a number of adult students, which is my mm -hmm. first love. You know, I've never really thought of myself um, 
perhaps as a as much a, as a composer as a teacher. I my first love has always been teaching. I've really? always loved to teach. I never really planned to be a composer. I never aspired to be a composer. I just fell into it rather accidentally, which is another long story. But I majored in piano performance at the University of, my, of Kansas in Lawrence, Kansas, many, many years ago. And I really aspired to be a performer and a teacher. I thought I would always want to teach at a university, which I did for about 26 years. And then I finally, uh, those last 10 years of teaching at the university, I was also working with Alfred. And my time was so divided between composing for Alfred pretty much full time and teaching at the university, doing a lot of performing, uh, teaching pre-college students as well, as well as teaching in our pedagogy classes and eight-year-olds. So I was teaching all levels of students, which I just love. And then when I retired from the University of Montana, I moved to Southern California and I was in uh, California for about 12 years and then moved to New Mexico. So when I moved here, I knew that I would still want to keep teaching, but I limited my teaching to just adults, uh, simply because my schedule is such that it's a little easier for me to have those adult students whose own schedules are often complicated mm -hmm. or erratic, mm -hmm. and mine is somewhat erratic at times, so they understood uh, my need to sometimes leave to, to do conferences or workshops, and I understood their needs to sometimes take off and travel or visit grandchildren or uh, if they're too busy at work and have to cancel all that once in a while, that's okay. But I get it. I that's just love teaching. And, and I've got right now, I've got actually 14 students, which is the most I've had for, for quite some time. That's fantastic. And uh, do they all live in Overture as well? Oh, no, no, none no. of them do. Oh no! Oh really? Oh interesting. Yeah, no, not okay. one of them. Um, there, most of them are students whom I had before we moved to Overture. A lot of the people here at Overture know that I do teach. In fact, it's funny whenever I meet new residents that recently moved in, they'll often say, "Oh, you're the piano guy." <laughs> <laughs> so I guess my reputation as the as the pianist or as the teacher has kind of gotten around the building, and. I hope that maybe someday some of these people might want to take I know. lessons. Yeah. Frankly, I wish that there were a, a, a real good space in this building where I could set up a perhaps a little lab. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah teaching groups. I, I would love to do that, mm. actually. And, and uh, if that were possible to do, we do have a kind of a crash room, and that could be a possibility, but I'm, I'm not sure. I'll have to check into that more. Down the I road. think you should put yourself on that <laughs> duty because I think how fun would that be for them and for you? They really don't know who you are. That's yeah. the problem. If they only knew who Dennis Alexander was and who was living under their roof, everyone would be signing up for group classes with you. Yeah. So I, yeah, Dennis, I think you should do that. That's well, I'll think about it. Okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you it's know, good I, for them, right? Right. Right mm -hmm. now, all of my students are coming individually. 
Yeah. And and I love that. And uh, it's it's just I, I feel like I'm at a really nice place in my life because I don't feel pressured. I, I don't have the constant deadlines mm-hmm. that I used to have, especially when we were doing the premier piano course. Now I am teaching these 14 uh, adult students, one of whom is Bill, actually my husband. Oh, nice. Uh, he's taking piano lessons and really, really enjoying it. And Does he practice enough? He practices more religiously than probably any student I have. <laughs> Do you have to push him off the piano every once in a while? Oh, I, I sometimes have to tell him, okay, you know, you've practiced long enough, take a break now <laughs> and come back to it later because he just, loses, he just completely loses track of time because he's having so much fun practicing. There and, you go. Yeah, and, it, you know, it's worked out really well here in this smaller space. Our, uh, our current place is half the size of our former house that we had so things are a little closer together but luckily because I have a clavinova in this office and I have a uh, fortunately several years ago I sold my Kauai uh, acoustical grand and bought a a, a Yamaha Avant grand mm, which yes. if, you're, if your listeners don't know what an Avant grand mm. is it's a hybrid grand it has the same action as a as a concert grand. So it feels just like a, a a normal acoustical grand piano, but it has a sampled sound system mm-hmm. in it. And uh, the nice thing about this instrument is that one can also use a headphone with it. Yes. So if I'm teaching my adult students here in the office on the Clavinova or in the other room, if Bill is wanting to practice at the same time, he can put headphones on yeah. and it doesn't disturb anybody and it just works out great. You know, I want to talk our church into purchasing an Avant Grand so that we don't have to mess with the tuning because they move yeah. the piano and then it gets out of tune. And uh, yeah, that's on my list too. Lots of fun things. Hi, everyone. This is Drew Collins, Leela's producer for Key Ideas. This summer, Leela and I launched an online digital course called how to play piano in a band. We've received great feedback about it, and we're excited to let you know that we've added some Christmas content, chord charts and arrangements for Silent Night and What Child Is This? If you haven't yet signed up for the course, give yourself and your students the gift of confidence to read chord charts and play in a band. To find out more, visit lelavis.com band purchase. As always, thanks for listening. Now. Back to Leela. So let's talk a little bit about the repertoire for your adult students. Do you have some favorite repertoire that you turn to first? And don't be shy. If if it's your repertoire, that's fine too. But I am always on the hunt for good yeah. repertoire for adults because they want things that sound good yes. and sophisticated, but they may not have what the chops for it or the knowledge to play some of the things that they'd like to play. So what are your go-to pieces? My, well, first of all, my go-to method is our Premier Express <laughs> piano course, our, our oh, okay. Alfred's Premier Express book. There's four levels. And I have found that those books just work fantastically well for every adult student I have if they're at that you know, more elementary, mm-hmm. early intermediate level. They tend to love the repertoire. I like the pacing of it. 
Um, one of the nicest things about using that particular course is that they can download all of the, uh, the MP3 files for the music, for those accompaniments. And I might just mention, if you have listeners who are teaching adult students, mm-hmm. I feel that so many teachers today have no idea about some of the technology that they can use with their adult students to really motivate them and to help them practice at home. Uh, for an example, in fact, you're uh, my friend who told me a long time ago about AnyTunes, mm-hmm. that app called AnyTunes. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, I use the pro version. It's, it's dirt cheap. And I, um, I have all of my adult students, if they have an acoustical piano mm-hmm. at home to practice on, I insist that they get any tunes. If they have an iPhone, if they have an Android phone, they can use uh, the app called Music Speed Changer. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, they both do the same thing. But what I do is I have them download these MP3 files that they uh, have readily accessible from the Premier Express books. Mm-hmm. And they can download those on to their iPhone or their Android phone put them into the app called AnyTunes or Music Speed Changer, and they can then hook up their phone to a wireless speaker, a little, you know, mm-hmm. you can get wireless speakers oh, yeah. today, a dirt cheap, right? Uh, anywhere. And most of our, most of my students already have one anyway. Right. And uh, so they then can play these wonderful accompaniments and change the tempo mm-hmm. to whatever tempo works for them whether it's really slow or up to performance tempo and practice with those um, with those mp3 files and it's just wonderful it gives them a really good role model to listen to helps them with their rhythm it's more motivational to play with a band and Mm -hmm. i just can't tell you how much my adult students love uh, working on uh, on their pieces with these various apps um, I also often like to record duet parts. Oh, mm-hmm. If I give a duet to one of my adult students, I will record the perhaps the secondo part, and uh, I can do that easily on my clavinova. But if you are a teacher who uh, does not have a clavinova, realize that you can just download a recorder uh, device, uh, an app on your phone and you could create your own mp3 files so easily by just hitting the record button putting it on your piano play the accompaniment give them a two-bar introduction so they know when to come in and send that mp3 file to them and then boom you know they've got their teacher playing along with them at home when they're practicing so it's just a great great way i think to motivate those adult students and i do it with all of my students, they just, I, I sometimes will even, with my Clavinova, of course, I can create orchestral background uh, style accompaniments. And for instance, I have one adult student who is a radiologist and she she's a kind of a late intermediate level pianist, but she loves all styles, but she particularly loves uh, certain pop tunes. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I, I made a, a background accompaniment for 
Mariah Carey's um, Open Arms. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful song. Yes. Yeah. And because it was one of her favorite songs, and she said her husband loves this piece so much. So when I sent her this background accompaniment for her to play on her AnyTunes app with her speaker system, she said she was practicing one day and her husband came in the door and he was just totally mesmerized. And, and he said, wow, he said, your, your former piano teacher never made you sound like this. <laughs> <laughs> he was so impressed that she was playing with this little orchestra background and, and just having such a good time. So I, a satisfaction, I really love right? technology. Yeah, there's just lots of satisfaction when there's people or sounds around you playing around with you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that means you are quite the Clavinova guru. And uh, you were so kind. And I I must say that, first of all, you have you were have always been kind and gracious to me, but you were very sensitive and so, so particularly kind to to me and our family after our son Carter was in a horrible accident. And um, you even ended up writing a piece. And was this piece just for Carter? Was it, was it written for Carter? You had yes. already written it or oh, no. no, 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 no. I, I wrote it specifically for Carter. For Carter. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, he and, did. And I purposely his... wanted to write uh, an upbeat. Yes. Very, very happy type of piece because after what he had, had gone through, I just thought that it would be fun for him to have something a little more jazzy or a little more upbeat. Um, you had written a gorgeous piece for him as well, which I heard. And, Thank you. and, and that, I'm sure, touched his heart uh, in, in more ways than one. Um, I've written uh, several one hand pieces for friends who have, um, a couple of them have had very serious strokes uh, mm-hmm. where they lost the use of one uh, arm or the other. Uh, one of my dearest friends in the business is Ingrid Clarefield. Oh, right, and, yes. Uh, Ingrid had a very serious stroke. I think it's been about eight years now. Um, and she lost uh, the use of her left arm and, and hand. And I wrote a piece for her it's a more advanced piece called Constellation in D flat major, one of my favorite keys. I love that mm-hmm, key. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's a really lovely piece, but she premiered actually uh, years ago at the MTNA conference in New York City. Mm-hmm. And she just, she brought the house down with it because it was mm-hmm. so moving uh, to, to see her perform with one hand after you know, such a, a, a loss. Right. Oh, I I enjoyed her so much. I just listened to a, a presentation at the NCKP virtual conference, uh-huh. and uh, she dropped your name a number of times. Oh, she's <laughs> one of my biggest fans. Yeah. Oh, I, I love her but, to death. She just is so insightful and so artistic, and you, you two must just feed off of each other when you talk. Oh, we do. We, we, we talk so often. In fact, I just talked to her a couple of days ago, mm. uh, but we've done several books together. Mm-hmm. Uh, those keys to stylistic mastery, yes, keys to artistic beautiful. performance, and uh, we we've had lots of fun. But she's one of my dearest long term friends. Uh, we've been friends for many many years. But going back to Carter, yes, 
Yeah. You told us, um, you, you told me that you had recorded it on the Clavinova and all you had to do was push a button and we could play it. Is that correct? That's right. Yes. Would Can we hear it? Right? Yes. That'd be really neat to hear it off your Clavinova. Are you willing to do that? Okay. Okay. I hope that the background accompaniment will come through oh, yeah. uh, loud enough, but even if it doesn't, you'll hear, you know, the, the piece, but it's, it's, right. it's a real fun piece. It's, it's called, um, called Breakout and, um, here we go. a fun eclectic sound i i marvel at the amount of i the amount of ideas that are floating around in your head dennis because <laughs> i just listened to your christmas improvisations book is that a new book as well uh, those uh actually came out last christmas last christmas and okay. um this was done uh the, well these pieces were the first pieces i had done with a publisher other than Alfred. Okay. Um, I, I had been with Alfred for 35 years. And uh, after they, uh, well, that's a long story. Well, I know. And we were, I want to go there just a second. Yes. <laughs> okay. But right. I want, let's talk a little uh, bit about where you got your ideas from. But I do, I do want to head back to one thing because I feel like you have a uh, higher sensitivity to pain and loss because you have experienced that yourself. And if I don't know if everyone knows your story. Are you open to sharing that just a little bit? Sure, sure. Um, you know, a lot of teachers uh, don't know this story. Uh, a lot of them do. Because I, or many years ago when, uh, when I lost uh, my son, um, his name was Darren, and he was 23, and it's now been, actually it's been 23 years mm. since he passed away. Mm. He, you know, he died in 1998, 
and I was living in California at the time, and uh, he was living with me. Uh, he had been going to the Ringling School of Art and Design in Sarasota, Florida. He was majoring in graphic design and art. He just loved um, graphic design. In fact, it's interesting. Uh, I often think about um, your, your son Carter and his interest in uh, the ocean and, mm -hmm. and uh, ocean life. And, and all. Uh, Darren was the same way, actually. He, he was fascinated when he was young with fish and aquariums. He, uh, he always wanted to ride on the back of a dolphin. Oh. And, you know, he loved the ocean and, and water and, and all. And um, he uh, simply uh, did not wake up one morning. Mm. Um, it, it was a you know, very shocking, uh, sad event, to say the least. I, I think, you know, the loss of a child is every parent's worst nightmare. Yes. Uh, you certainly, I'm sure, mm -hmm. felt that, you know, mm -hmm. uh, when, when Carter was so, so um, critically ill after his accident. But um, when it actually uh, happens, you just, your whole world collapses, literally. Mm -hmm. And for about six months, I simply could do nothing uh, compositionally. I just mm. it wasn't wasn't there. Mm -hmm. But I was so fortunate, and I was so lucky to have music mm. in my I life. I feel the same. I feel the same way. It was it way. was just you know a lifesaver for me. I could go to the piano and 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 well, you know where words were never enough from, from anyone, I could uh, take great solace in sitting down and playing a Chopin Nocturne or uh, a Brahms Intermezzo or whatever it might be, and it somehow helped me, you know, to, to pull through that. So then about six months after um, Darren's loss, I finally felt like I was ready to compose again. Mm. But I wanted to write a book of pieces kind of dedicated to him. Something, uh, you know, that would be cathartic for me, but would also be a, a tribute to his life and the things that he loved the most. So I wrote this collection called With These Hands. And um, I, I showed that book to a lot of teachers uh, after it came out and kind of shared a little bit about the story. I, Oh gosh, I wasn't able to talk about it much because um, yeah. it was just so difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, it still is. Yeah. But, oh, I know. Uh, anyway, um, the, in fact, there's a piece in that book called um, um, "Dolphin Quest." Yes, I I I have that book. I look at. Do you book. have that book? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and that that particular piece is a nice kind of a virtuosic sounding piece that basically paint the picture of someone riding on the back mm. of a dolphin. Mm. And um, there's a piece called Best Buddies uh, that's all about uh, his love of dogs. And, you know, he had two golden retrievers, Sergey and Sasha, and uh, he, he loved them. And um, there are other pieces as well that are um, very, very special pieces, and they all basically paint a portrait of his mm. personality and, and his 
uh, his life. So it, it was a it was a project that um, kind of brought me back into uh, the reality I was living in and uh, got me back in touch with my my own soul and and what I love to do the most and yeah. and there you know then I I was able to start writing again. Well, if, uh, what I experience is that grief just completely wiped out the rest of my brain. Yeah. And then eventually it made room for other things and it made exactly. that space for that creative muse again. So I, I do understand that journey. And yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, you know, those uh, words seem trite, but uh, it, it is. We all have to, yeah. to, you know, we, everyone has things that happen mm -hmm. to them. Uh, we're, we're not alone in that no. respect. Um, Everyone has suffered uh, at some time or another, um, and if they haven't suffered yet, they will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's part of life. It is, and and life goes on, and we 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 take what was given to us, and as they say, we try and make lemonade out of lemons, mm -hmm. and that's the, that's the best we can do. Yeah. Well, it sounds like music was therapeutic for you as it was for me. I, in fact, I use this phrase that I think I found somewhere, but your emotions tend to orbit. And I feel like music gave my emotions a place to land. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, absolutely. Um, and aren't we lucky? I, I, just, yeah. I just think that uh, all of us who play a musical instrument, especially the piano, mm -hmm. especially the piano, are uh, we're lucky that we have that to fall back on when we need it exactly. and and when we need it the most it's there uh, it is. for us so it's always there i've always mm -hmm. just felt that uh, teachers who teach young people music they're giving them a gift that lasts a lifetime and sometimes these kids don't realize how lucky they are <laughs> to, oh, to be getting this gift uh, but i always uh, thank teachers for for imparting this gift onto these young people, and I, I also, whenever I'm at a workshop that involves parents as well mm. as the kids or the grandparents, I thank them for providing this gift uh, to their children. And they don't really know how valuable it is until something like this happens, yes. and then I I call us a, a gatekeepers. We're, we're the key holders and we open a gate of potential for There's everyone, so much more for you to learn about sure. and learn to from find Dennis. a place. And so I'm pushing the pause button here music. so that so, you can have time yes. to let everything sink Thank in. Thank you for sharing your Head story. Head to the show notes for links to Alfred Premier Express, the method book Dennis prefers to use with his adult students. Links to the apps called AnyTune and Music Speed Changer are included at the show notes too. Find a complete list of all of Dennis's music and links to the left-hand solos both Dennis and I wrote for Carter. Make sure to tune into part two where you hear how Dennis never intended to be a composer, why he couldn't get private students after he retired from the University of Montana, who he credits for his improvisation skills, and how he feels about the end of his long-term relationship with Alfred Publishing. I'm Lee Levis, and see you in the trenches.